Talk, talk to me. WSRadio.com Welcome to Computer and Technology Radio with your hosts, Mark Cohen and Marsha Collier. Oh my goodness, where's Mark Cohen? Let me look around under the paper. Is he here? Uh, no, Mark doesn't seem to be here today. Oh my goodness. It's just me. You just have me, Marsha Collier, to listen to on Tech Radio, as we call it on Twitter, Hashmark Tech Radio. Uh, this is Computer and Technology Radio, as you're going to find it on iTunes when you look for the archives, because if you miss the show, that's the best place to find it. Or download the WS Radio app for your iDevice, your Android device, or whatever device you got going. Uh, my device isn't doing real well today. Uh, my computer crashed like four seconds before we went on the air, so I'm trying to regroup gracefully. So I'm going to talk a little bit from memory, which is difficult, believe me. Um, I, we're here today, and it's just not me. You're not, I, I didn't want to do that to you. To force you guys just to listen to me for two hours might have been pretty brutal. So I invited one of the smartest people I know to be on the show today. Her name is Barb Dibwad, and she is absolutely brilliant. She is you know, I don't have her bio in front of you, in front of me, so I have to tell you, she's head geek at TECCA.com. Go there right now. Take a look at that website because it's absolutely brilliant. Great tech news. And I've adored her for years. She used to be with Mashable, but I think her talents were totally wasted because she needs to shine out on her own. And if you know what I look like, my pictures, like Barb is a gorgeous woman, kind of polar opposite. When when we stand together, we kind of look like the odd couple. But we get along really well, and we have so many similar ideas on tech. So while I'm rebooting, <laughs> I want to introduce Barb Dibwad. Barb, how you doing? What's going on? How are you? Thank, I, uh, how can I live up to that introduction? I'm going to have to hire you as my new agent. Oh, please. I, I don't have two minutes in the day except to say how I adore you. I'm, I think I'm just getting up TweetDeck right now. So tell people a little bit about you, your history, how you got here. Sure, yeah. Um, well, my background is actually, my degree is in biochemistry, uh, which oddly <laughs> enough I uh, promptly decided uh, to, do, to do nothing with <laughs> and go into uh, computers instead, go back to my... Uh, my youthful roots as an early computer geek. And, but wait a minute, what sent you into biochemistry to start with? I, as a kid growing up, I really imagined that I was going to be a scientist and a professor one day. And I, my, my dad's a physicist, so I would definitely credit him with, you know, inspiring me to, to go into a STEM career in the first place. But I was fortunate enough during college to be able to do some lab research as sort of my work-study job, and what I discovered, conversely, my idea was that I didn't actually enjoy doing the lab research. It takes a really long time, and the results that you get might disprove your theory, and you might take 10 years to find out that the answer is no. And, and if you sneeze into your sample, you're screwed, right? <laughs> exactly, exactly. There's so many details to work out. And um, I started during that time also getting back into the web. I had been, 
you know, I had my 300 baud modem as a kid and would dial into BBSs and then later oh, on. Oh, as a kid. Oh, as a kid. I, I got it. I had a child, okay, in the house. And I'm sitting in front of a K Pro 2 with a seven inch screen with my 300 modem. And I'm talking on CompuServe. You were probably one of the children on the Star Trek forum that I talked to, right? <laughs> I may have been indeed. Those are such golden days. I remember you could actually see the characters as they were being typed because that's how slow the connection was. You could just see <laughs> like words you, coming out of the connection. Do you think that's why we ended up spending hours and hours because it was so slow? And yet they charged by the hour, if you remember. Yes. Yes, they did. I mean, I'm sure that has a lot to do with it. But, I mean, I also think there was something magical about that time. And, in a way, there's not anything on the web now that I can think of that really models quite that experience. Because, at the time, it was very local because we were using our actual phone lines. So, I would dial into a BBS that was, you know, down the street from me. And I actually ended up meeting a bunch of folks in the local area because we were all the tech nerds and we were calling into this BBS, but that doesn't really, you don't have a, a real mirror of that now. I mean, we have local apps, things like Foursquare, but it doesn't quite have that same easy way to meet people who are actually near you and who you might actually want to hang out with. Well, I was on, I didn't want to hang out with anybody locally. <laughs> and that's, <laughs> that's what drew smart. me. Yeah, that's what drew me to the web. And I was on CompuServe, 77656,776. That was me. And I just thought it was so magical that I could meet people all over the world, just from all different places who had similar ideas and were intro, into intro, interesting things. And, you know, that's how I met Pierre and found Auction Web way back in the day, you know, when Pierre came up with the pre-eBay Auction Web. Uh-huh. So... I, it was like the beginning of everything. Everything kind of mushroomed from there. And uh, if you remember Adam Hirsch uh, from Mashable, oh yeah, uh, of I, I was talking to him one day, and he made a comment. You know, like I was doing social media at the since bef- in the late nineties because I had the people who read my books on CompuServe and AOL, and I had like a ten thousand person mailing list. I couldn't afford to have more people on the mailing list. And it was just constant communication. And those were really the beginning days of social media, I think. Definitely. And now look where we are today. You can't uh, swing a dead cat without hitting a new social media network. (laughs) God, I love your expressions. Swing a dead cat. Okay. So speaking of old time, uh, iconic Atari turns 40 today. I mean, think Indeed. about that. Steve Jobs, can you picture him working at Atari before he founded Apple? As a young 19-year-old scrappy little hippie ruffian who promptly went off to India and then immediately after founded Apple. It, it is kind of hard to imagine, although I wonder if we'll uh, get any insight into that period of his life with the uh, the new biopic coming up. Uh, well, who's playing Steve Jobs? I remember being horribly disappointed. <laughs> it's Ashton Kutcher, which, you know, it, 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 it makes a lot of sense based on his kind of stature. And actually, if you, I don't know if you've seen any of the uh, first promo photos, but as him dressed up as 
Steve Jobs back in the day. They actually do have a very uncanny resemblance to each other. So, you know, it might not be totally terrible. I'm hoping. <laughs> well, I just hope he gets some serious lessons in, you know, he should read a few books. Remember Bob Cringley's, was it, what was it, Revenge of the Nerds? Ah, Did you yeah. ever see that? Oh, God, yeah. that was fabulous. I mean, those are the things we have to study. You know, we don't think that the Internet has a whole lot of history, but there is a whole lot of history. And if anyone hasn't seen Revenge of the Nerds done by Bob Cringely, you have to see it. It's going to give you all the basis for everything that happened. That's right. So did you, did you play Pong, Centipede, all that? Oh, yes, I did. I remember my dad bringing home the Pong system, and we went downstairs to the basement rec room and installed it and it became you know our number one family pastime for a very long time until the atari 2600 came out which of course then we also promptly got and i also promptly wasted <laughs> or spent let's say much of my youth trying to beat the 20 minute pitfall time limit and uh playing centipede playing adventure, playing a whole bunch of other games that really foreshadowed where we are today. It's hard to believe that's 40 years later and looking at where we've come since then. Yeah, I know. It's, it's been kind of amazing. It was funny. I read a quote by Nolan Bushnell, uh, which, you know, uh, is kind of he's kind of iconic as it was. And he in the 70s, he said, no one in their 20s started companies, remember? It was all older people who hired the young people, right? Yeah, and that paved the way for a lot of other companies. I mean, Apple among them, also Microsoft, and of course, you know, most recently Facebook with Mark Zuckerberg starting at, he was 19 also, I think, yeah. Yeah, I know. It, it's pretty uh, pretty amazing. Um it, Nobody older starts companies, it seems, anymore, but they do hire a lot of older people, which I find interesting. Well, you need to have the, the folks who have the experience who have actually taken a company, you know, from early stages to an actual growth stage to, you know, on through an IPO kind of thing. But on the flip side of that, you know, venture capitalists who are putting up the money, they tend to have a preference for getting these hot, young, you know, superstars early where they have, you know, all the energy and creative genius of their youth working for them. They're not, most of them are not tied down yet with families and, you know, other obligations that are going to occupy more of their time so they can afford to work on this startup 24-7. And I think there is some truth to the idea that that, that extra amount of sweat equity can can make the difference between a company that succeeds and one that fails. Yeah, I think I think we're going to be co going to a break in just a second. Uh, but I think it's interesting that you know when you look at a company like Google, where they pretty much want people to live there, right? <laughs> when we co when we come back, we've got a whole lot more to talk about. We're going to go from the early days of tech to the cloud and this awesome epic outage that affected everybody and how to find out exactly what's going on. So it's me, Marsha Collier, and Bob Dibwad on WS Radio. We're the worldwide leader in Internet talk.
You are listening to Computer and Technology Radio with your hosts, Mark Cohen and Marsha Collier. Love to read but just don't have the time? With Audible.com, you can catch up on reading simply by listening. Audible has the largest collection of digital audiobooks, over 85,000 titles in every genre. Listen to a bestseller on your iPhone, BlackBerry, Android smartphone, or one of 500 other compatible devices. Visit audible.com slash wsradio today and get a free audiobook when you try Audible free for 14 days. That's audible.com slash wsradio. Thank you for listening to WS Radio. If you are not listening on your smartphone, we have just made it a lot easier with our new WS Radio 2.0 iPhone, BlackBerry, and Android apps. Just search for WS Radio in the iPhone store, BlackBerry, and Android market. They are all free downloads so you can listen live or on demand to your favorite show. For more information, log on to wsradio.com forward slash mobile. That is wsradio.com forward slash mobile. You know, selling online can be a challenge, but thanks to Dymo Indicia, shipping isn't. With Dymo Indicia, you can print prepaid U.S. Postal Service shipping labels directly from your Mac or PC. By eliminating your trip to the post office, Dymo Indicia lets you focus on finding, listing, and selling your products. My friends can save hundreds of dollars on a Dymo Indicia postage solution by visiting endicia.com slash cool eBay tools. Dymo Indicia is the leading internet postage provider with over $5 billion of postage printed. Indicia is integrated into over 100 third-party applications, which makes your inventory management easy. You get access to discounted delivery and signature confirmation, discounted parcel insurance, and hidden stealth postage. Shipping internationally? With Dymo Indicia, you can also print a first-class international shipping label. Dymo Indicia is the smart way to get it done. Visit E-N-D-I-C-I-A dot com slash cool eBay tools. For the past decade, I've been recommending Kingston for all your drive and memory need. And each year, they never fail to impress me. If you've never used an SSD before, the V-Series might just be the ticket. Let's say you've had that computer for a few years and it's starting to run a little slow. If you're not ready to replace it, Kingston's SSD, now V-Series, solid-state drive can kickstart that old system and make it feel like new. It will improve performance as boot and shutdown times are reduced and programs open and close faster. In general, the system is snappier. It's like breathing new life into an existing system. If you own a desktop, the 30-gig Kingston V-Series SSD is the perfect companion to that hard drive you have with all that music and movie. Put the operating system on the SSD and keep the data where it's at. Sit back and watch your old desktop operate faster. There's a capacity and a model for everyone wanting to upgrade from a traditional hard drive to a solid-state drive. Check out the Kingston SSD Now V-Series. SSD at www.kingston.com. Talk, talk to me. WSRadio.com Welcome back to Computer and Technology Radio with your hosts, Mark Cohen and Marsha Collier. Oh, welcome back to Computer and Technology Radio. I figured out, duh, what happened to my browser. And it's still kind of exploding on me, which is kind of interesting. Firefox has updated again. <laughs> I mean, I love Chrome, and I bounce back and forth between Chrome and Firefox. I don't know. Um, what I love, Barb, I want to ask you, because I, I know you use Chrome. Um, the thing I like about Firefox is I have this add-in that allows me to dump the cache 
it, I dump the RAM, I dump the cache. When I see it creeping up, because I know what a memory hog it is, I like be, being able to control that. Can you do that on Chrome? Yes, you can do that in the settings, uh, and there may even be an extension that lets you do it sort of in one click, the same way there is on Firefox. I tend to find there's sort of general parity between the two in terms of what extensions and add-ons are there. There's some things that are on one that aren't on the other, and that can be annoying. But I, I do use both pretty religiously, but I use Chrome as my main browser, and the primary reason is for the sync, which Firefox but, has sync too, but like yeah. Chrome, Chrome is just, it's easier, it's faster. I've never had an, an error or like an issue with it. I've had a couple of like time differential issues with Firefox. And also now that Chrome is on iOS and iPad, it's making a lot more of like a seamless experience if I'm, say, I'm on my laptop and then I got to head out to a meeting or go to lunch, I can just immediately switch over to my phone or my tablet and literally be in the same exact place that I was in the browser. So that's cool. Yeah, I'm kind of getting the same thing from Firefox. Did you try the Dolphin browser by any chance? I did. I've tried a bunch of alternative browsers. I like Dolphin. Uh, I was using it as my primary browser on my Android tablet for a right. while because the, the default browser was actually total crap, which was odd. Um, well, the crap and, browser, it's on 2.0 now, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it is, it is. It was just so slow, and it didn't render things properly. And I, I feel the same way about Opera. Please, I want to champion Opera. I like them <laughs> as like a third-party option, but I find that every time I use it, I can't render pages properly, and that frustrates me. So I give it up now almost you- immediately. Now, you see, there's the difference between you and I. Now, I know that Opera's a browser, but the first thing that came to me is when you said, I try to like Opera, is I'm thinking of the days when I would buy tickets to the Opera <laughs> and try to sit through an Opera. And, like, what, you know, you want to leave at halftime, but you've paid so much for the ticket, you know something's got to happen that you're going to like. It's kind of the same thing with the browser. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not not a huge fan of that kind of opera either, although I am secretly a big uh, Broadway musical fan, so don't tell anyone. Yeah, I, oh my, see, see, the, we have so much alike. We are like born from another mother, clearly. Um, no, so we were talking about, like, I think some of it is still out, is it not? Netflix, Amazon, Pinterest. Um, I know Crowdbooster, uh, one of the apps that I use is down, and that's because of Amazon's Elastic Compute Cloud in Northern Virginia uh, went down a Friday night. Is it still down, do you know? Uh, I know at least some of it is back up because uh, Tekka actually runs on top Oops. of the Amazon Web Services Cloud also. So we were actually down last night. Um, which I noticed right away and, and pinged our development team and they, you know, raised the red phone up to our, our host. And yeah, there were huge electrical storms on the East Coast. So brought out, brought down a whole, you know, bank of, of servers, which power some of these enormous properties on the web. Like you said, Netflix. I mean, this is huge. People can't watch their Netflix. They're they're getting pissed off. This is this is yeah. No well, there's small always matter. Hulu Plus. What the heck? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> no, I just want to tell you, if anybody ever wants to check that, because occasionally you'll think it's you, right? It, the first thing you think, damn my ISP, right? It's you, but it's sometimes not you. So try and go to status.aws.amazon.com, and you can see the status of all the Amazon servers. And as I just went there, the Amazon Elastic Compute in North Virginia uh, they still have notes. They are still out, and their last post was at 11.42 a.m. saying we're continuing to work on processing our provisioning backlog. So there you go. It's, it's still You know, when, when is the world when we have 100% uptime? I'm, I'm ready for that world. Okay, so now I'm going to say, since everybody is being forced into the cloud, Philosophically, uh, you know, I'm not asking for fact here. Philosophically, how does this affect business and the fact that we're all in the cloud? Well, the reality is, depending on what you're doing, for the most part, you're in the cloud already. You, you have to be in the cloud if you're going to be running any kind of business on the web. That's just, you know, that's the nature of, of how it works. So the thing that Amazon Web Services did was to really outsource that whole process of having to set up your own server farm, set up your own data center, maintain your own level of uptime. So there's definitely trade-offs, and, you know, we've, we've seen them last night and we're still seeing them now, but really the, the alternative, and back in the day, was each company had to run their own server farm or contract from someone else some other third party that wasn't Amazon. And if you're managing it yourself, the the reality is you're probably going to have less reliability anyway. You're going to be going down on your own more times than, than Amazon is able to, at their scale, be able to provide uptime. I mean, we would hear about this more. We do hear about these huge outages, but they don't happen nearly as much as uh, they would if, you know, everybody's running their own individual servers. But the fact that so many people are running on this one platform, that's why it takes out everybody at once. And I think it does drive home the importance of having local backup. Oh, people have Well, but people have, eh, I'm backing up to the cloud, it's safe, it's, you know, multi-backed up, mm. You know, I wonder sometimes, and I'm always paranoid when I finish a chapter at the end of the day when I'm done with my work, it goes to a separate hard drive and it goes up to, let me think, what am I using? I think I'm using box.net right now. Mm -hmm. Or sometimes I've had trouble with my uploads to, oh, what's Microsoft? SkyDrive. Yeah. Uh, the drag and drop to SkyDrive isn't automatically as draggy and droppy as they'd like it to be. <laughs> definitely. I mean, definitely for anything sort of local computing, I would say you can never have too much redundancy. And I have a lot of redundancy built into my systems, too. Like, I use cloud backups for sure. I use Dropbox. I love Dropbox. But I also use iCloud, and I have a certain subset of things that are actually getting backed up in two places. And now the Google Drive is out. I actually have another subset of things in there, but I also have a local backup strategy, <laughs> and I make sure I'm, I'm backing up all these computers locally because, you know, you can't control that cloud. That That's the reality. I mean, you have certain kinds of, like, service 
guarantees, but it's not the same as having your own local system. So I would encourage people to definitely do that. Yeah, you have to have your own backups if if you treasure your stuff. Actually, I kind of have this philosophy. I back up all my data, and I figure if the computer blows up, I'll just buy a new one. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not so much about backing up the system massively. You know, you have... I'm kind of casual about that. You have that one backup that when you first get the computer, you do on a DVD or you do on something. But now the new computers don't have DVDs. Am I right? Yeah. I just got one of the new MacBook Airs, and it does not have a DVD. And the Mac Mini I bought last year doesn't have a DVD either. So we're definitely seeing a huge shift away from this physical media, same thing in entertainment, too. I mean, coming full circle, people are watching those movies on Netflix, which is why they're angry. If they had it on a DVD or a (laughs) Blu-ray, they'd be able to watch it. Well, what what I tend to do is we have here a hard drive where we, whenever we get movies, we digitize them and put them right on the hard drive. And, you know, so we do have kind of our own entertainment until that big nuclear flash happens, right? And it wipes out all the, all the electronics and then we're SOL. I mean, well, we're also would... in a, uh, a sunspot year. Like this year and next year, there's supposed to be insane sunspots and like weather on the sun that the, the last huge storm, it was in like 1890 and it took out everything. Like it took out all the, telegraphs at the time and you know if that happens again scientists don't really know how catastrophic it could be to all of our networks today so we definitely could see some some stuff going down here pretty soon (sighs) yeah and i worry about this i worry that people are getting too casual with their data i really really wonder about it you know it's hard to tweet and talk at the same time (laughs) <laughs> I think I can. I, I can only multitask two things. <laughs> you need more arms. I'm convinced. If I just had two more arms, I could get twice as much done. I think my brain is ready. I think from so many years of of being on the internet and being a professional blogger, I think my multitasking is to the point where I just need some more hardware. <laughs> oh gosh, yeah. I think more hardware is all what we need. More hardware. Uh, there's the music. We're going to go to a hard break. And when we come back, Barb, remember my producer Weston is coming on with some gaming news so we can be sure to give him a hard time. Oh, yeah. This is, Mar- this is Marcia Collier and Barb Dibwad on WS Radio, the worldwide leader in Internet talk. You are listening to Computer and Technology Radio with your hosts, Mark Cohen and Marcia Collier. Are your salespeople running at the speed of the Internet? Are you providing the tools they need to compete? Bjorn Stansvik from MentorMate has a solution for increasing the effectiveness of your workforce. The most common problem we see our clients facing is that their salespeople don't have time for learning. IQPAC provides an adaptable mobile learning solution to help your sales force easily master the knowledge to compete effectively. Go to IQPAC.com. That's IQPAKK.com to learn more. 
Attention online sellers. Introducing a great source for high-quality, low-cost merchandise. Genco Marketplace is America's largest wholesale source of store returns and closeout inventory. Our huge volume and variety of products means online sellers can be insured of a steady source of supply. Find electronics, housewares, shoes, apparel, tools, and general merchandise all from one site. Discover the web's one-stop product source you can trust. Pallets for sale are posted to our easy-to-use e-commerce site, GencoMarketplace.com. There you'll find what you need fast and view a detailed list of items in the pallets. No surprises. Genco Marketplace has direct liquidation contracts with America's largest retailers and manufacturers, which means that buyers purchase direct from the source with no middleman markups. Huge variety, low risk, and fast, easy online purchasing. Register for free and begin bidding on loads the same day. Sign up today at GencoMarketplace.com. That's G-E-N-C-O Marketplace.com. We all need a healthier lifestyle. The stresses of the day take their toll, and the lack of a healthy plan and activities make it that much harder to stay fit. Better Bodies by Chemistry makes it easy for you to maintain a healthy lifestyle and reach your fitness goals by working for you. Combining the best of science and nature, including organics, our vitamins and supplements support and improve your health, all at a great value. Better Bodies by Chemistry also provides tools for women to inspire each other to reach their goals. Whether you need new weight loss solutions or super omega-3 vitamins, we have different nutritional supplements that will work best for your health, heart, and immune system. You can achieve a healthy lifestyle that is realistic no matter how busy and full your life is. And with Better Bodies by Chemistry products, you're assured of the finest quality at a great price. Learn more at betterbodiesbychemistry.com. Are you an adventurous wine drinker? Would you enjoy trying a bold red with dark fruit and a spicy finish from Hungary? Or an amphora-style Chivi Pinot with layers of complex flavors? Carpathian Wines hand-selects extraordinary wines from premier Central European wineries. At CarpathianWines.com, you'll find amazing dry whites, big juicy reds, even the famous Tokaya Azu. Discover award-winning limited production wines from the heart of Central Europe. Find them only at CarpathianWines.com. 